One, two, testing, one, two. I believe we are on. And if we are on, this is absolutely fantastic to have this opportunity for Vader Percussion to bring this information of all these wonderful artists to the world. And today I am so excited. We've got an artist that is not only special as a musician, but is special as a person. So I believe we have her here. Can we please welcome Cindy Blackman Santana? Hi. <laughs> Cindy, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, all is, it's, you know, feeling very blessed right now. Let's put it that way. Feeling very blessed. Well, the more blessed you feel, the more you are able to bless all of us with your spirit. I got to tell you something. I've known you, Cindy, for a long time. We have done clinics together and festivals, and I've watched you on stage, and I've watched you from backstage. I've watched you from the side of the stage. I've seen you just about from every angle anyone could possibly see an artist. You have a certain freedom, a certain expression, a certain liberating and spiritual sense about yourself. I've always wanted to ask you, what motivates you, Cindy? You know, I'm 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 motivated by by life, by people, you know, by the by the planet. I'm motivated by the cosmos, the rhythm of the universe, you know, and, and that's probably why I I gravitated to the drums, you know. Um all of that is very um not only exciting to me, but it's 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 um, liberating, you know, because I, I feel that uh, I'm able to express emotion um, and deliver it not only from a sound perspective, but you know, also from a spiritual perspective. How do you, I mean, you do this consistently. How do you consistently maintain this pace of just positive energy and focused in the moment, in the now, in every performance. Where does that come from? How does how does someone learn that? Oh man, you know, I, I see that in you too, and I and I appreciate you saying that. I I don't know how you learn that. You 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 become you you are that. Maybe you're born with that. I believe I was born with that because I've been very focused since I was an infant, according to my 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 mom and my older sister, who obviously saw me come into this world. Um, so there's that. But then if you're driven towards a certain goal, if you have a path in mind, if you have something in your head that you are working towards, that you want to chase, that you want to develop, you know, um, I, I, I feel that I'm a, a, a continual and perpetual student of the music, of the drums, and of life. And that drives me to want to push the envelope, to want to learn more. It, it, it drives me to appreciate what I can get and give in the moment. So that helps me stay in the moment. It helps me stay focused. Um, and those are some of the ways that for me that, that, I, that I think I do that. There's no doubt you do it and you do it consistently. And I think what's amazing is for people to understand that you started at a young age. You were driven towards drums. I mean, I, I, I think you were like three or four years old, and all of a sudden you had this burning passion for drums. Where, where did that come from? Man, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my again, I have to go to to the people who saw me come in, you know, to this to this realm, and my my 
my mom and my sister tell me stories about me being an infant and, and playing rhythms, you know, on whatever I could find, whether it was my mom's back or a pot pan, you know, whatever had some resonance, whatever I could find that had sound, you know, I would play rhythms. And, and my mom said, well, you know, I really thought that you would grow out of it, but you never did. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think for me, it was something that I came here wanting to do, you know, um, knowing that I wanted to do. And then it was just maybe about me discovering that, you know, um, and, and pursuing it. Who were you listening to in those early days? Who were some of those musical influences that was around your household in those young, that young part of your life? You know, it was great. My household was, was fantastic because, um, my mom being a classical violinist, you know, she, she liked classical music. My dad, uh, didn't play anything, but he loved jazz. So he had a lot of those records. My older sister loved everything from, you know, um, Miles Davis to the Beatles to um, uh, Betty Davis to um, Shaq Khan and Rufus, she, she you know the Coltrane. She she loved everything, so she had a collection of about you know at one point she had a collection of about two hundred records. So there was always a lot of stuff for me to draw on. There was a lot of pop stuff for me to draw on, a lot of rock stuff, a lot of classical stuff, a lot of jazz stuff, and you know I I, I think that kind of helped shape my ear you know, in terms of being open to listening to many different things and also loving different things. And, you know, so some of the early records that, that I, I fell in love with were like my dad had some Ahmad Jamal records. So I fell in love with Ahmad Jamal. I fell in love with Miles Davis very early, you know. Um, so it's, you know, all of that stuff, I think, really added to my taste and my desire, you know, listening to... Um, Max Roach very early, uh, listening to Art Blakey. And I actually heard, you know, a funny story. I heard Elvin Jones or was aware of Elvin Jones before I heard Art Blakey. And I thought that Art Blakey came from Elvin Jones. <laughs> you know, that was the kid, you know, I didn't know. I said, oh, it sounds like he comes from that. But then through study, you know, I, I learned, oh, no, no, dummy. He, <laughs> Our Blake is the papa. That's who everybody came from. That's <laughs> so you know, you live and you learn, and 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 that's what I did. It was it was a trek of 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 discovery. You know, we had a a, a friend. Um, I was about by this time I was about thirteen, and we had a friend who was a drummer, Doug Woods, who played with Jackie McLean. Nice. And uh, he was a family friend, and so he he said, "Oh, you you know, you, you really got to get into into Max," and so he wrote out. And I had the paper for a long time. I think I still have it in my files. He, he was an artist, too, so he could draw. He drew a little picture, and he wrote out a Max Roach pattern. Um, and it was uh, triplets in the left hand playing the ride cymbal, the, the sock cymbal in two and four, playing a, a, a ride beat bass drum on all fours, and triplets in the left hand. And I was like, what? Hey, break that up. What? Whoa, I got to get into that. So then there was the introduction into that you know, into that realm. And that really intrigued me. So when I heard that and when I saw that written out, I was like, oh, I got, I have to, you know, I got to chase that. I have to get into that. <laughs> just, you know, kind of steamrolled from, from, from there in terms of my exposure to, to, you know, uh, great music and, and learning about great drummers um, and, and really honing in on, on the instrument. 
This is an important part. You've always had, as long as I've known you, you've always had this childlike zest about learning and about, you know, well, that sounds cool. I want to, you have this incredible enthusiasm. Where, where did the studying part come in where you started to analyze players like from Blakey to Elvin and even going back to match, Max? Where did that come from with these players that you started to research? Probably um, when I received that that note from my friend Doug, uh, Doug mm -hmm when he had that written out, I was like, oh, I have to really, I have to check what this is, you know? So then I started really breaking down everything that I was hearing and really started analyzing it, you know, and taking things apart and saying, oh, this is doing this. You know, and I had to really break it down and figure out what that was and where everything fit, you know? So I, I think it started around then. I mean, I was always curious about how to make the sounds on a drum set happen. You know, how come, you know, someone can get on a drum set, which, you know, drums drums are easy and they're very attractive to people and, and especially to children because you can get satisfaction very quickly. You know, you can get on a drum and just start banging and you say, oh, I'm playing drums. But it was I could hear the difference between that and a master who got on the drums and got beautiful tones and rolls and shades and colors, you know. Um, so then I, I began to figure out how to get the shading, you know, how to get these colors. How did they do that? You know, how did, he, how did, how did, that, how did he get that sound out of a drum, you know, when I can just hit it and go plam and I can get, oh, I just play drums, but I can go pa and get a tone, an actual tone. How does that happen? You know, so it began a, a, a lifelong quest of, you know, um, transferring sound from here and here and here and here and here to that instrument, you know, and, and projecting that. But that's that's where that quest comes in. And you've always had that quest. So did you have any teachers or mentors that 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 gave you guidance? And what do you think they saw in you? Um, I had a couple teachers, you know, at first I didn't want to have teachers. This is my naivete as a, as a child, you know, because I was hearing some drummers who I knew I didn't want to sound like, you know, I knew that much, you know, there were some, some local drummers and I'm like, I, I, I'd rather play like this person on the record. I don't want to play like that person, <laughs> you know, and it was no diss. It was just my, my personal preference, you know, of what I wanted. So I was thinking that, you know, I shouldn't study with somebody because if I study with them, I'm going to sound like them. Not realizing that you can learn from anyone, you know, and you can get um, good tips. You can get, you know, personal experience from anybody. You know, I, I, I didn't realize that until slightly later. Um, but at first, like I said, I didn't want to study with anybody. Um, but then I, I did get a teacher. Um, I got a gentleman who um, uh, taught me some rudimentary things on drums and you know we, we we went back and forth you know with some different things i also joined a, a a fife and drum corps which was really big for me because um you know rudiments are are top heavy obviously in in a, in a drum corps and um so i had to learn you know everything with traditional grip and and you really had to hone in on all the rudiments and you know our our drumline instructor would would come to each drummer and you'd have to play all the rudiments first at a dirge which means very slowly yeah. and 
you had to speed him up. And he would come over to your drum as you're standing in the line and we're all playing. He would come over to your drum and he would hold his hand up. And if he held his hand up high, then you had to play your sticks to that height, but not hit his hand. So <laughs> then he would lower them and you had to play the same thing at the same tempo of where you were without hitting his hand. So then you're learning control, you know, you're learning uh, precision, you know, um, and you know, you still have to make the sound happen. So whether you're playing it, you know, wherever, you know, there's a lot of levels that you're learning, a lot of layers rather than learning when you have to do that. So there was that, you know, that was a great uh, teacher for me um, in terms of, you know, my hands and, and the sound and getting the rudiments together and all that. Um, and um, I believe just self-study was also big for me too. Um, I then, um, took some, some courses at Hart uh, College of Music, which were preparatory uh, college prep classes for uh, going to, to Berkeley College, which is where I ended up going to Berkeley College of Music. Um, but that teacher was very good too. He was, he was wonderful. My high school teachers were actually pretty wonderful too. We, we had, I had one who was, I'll just rewind. I had one who, Mr. Blumenthal, uh, Mr. Hanjin was the, uh, what did he do? The school band and all that stuff. And then the, the stage band. And then Mr. Blumenthal did like the orchestral stuff and the electronic music course. So I took an electronic music course and, and orchestral, you know, I took all that. And then at Hart College, you know, we were doing snare drum, uh, classical snare drum studies and some drum set studies. And so that really helped me too. And, and, and then I went to Berkeley and I, I studied with a couple of different teachers. Um, the teacher that I studied with the longest there at Berkeley was uh, Lenny Nelson. Yeah. And after, um, and that was great. We went through so many great things. We studied all the masters. You know, he taught a very atypical um, uh, 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 curriculum for Berkeley. So they eventually let him go because he was not teaching the Berkeley method. But it was fantastic because, you know, he, uh, you know, and what they saw in me, I don't know what he saw in me, but he saw something because he would have me come and have me do my lesson at the end of the day and bring my drum set over. And he didn't do that with other students, you yeah. know, or not many, but none that I know of. But he would have me bring my drum set at the end of the day and we would play double drums and we would listen to all the masters. You know, he would say, we're going to put on Master Elvin and we would put on Elvin and then we would start to mimic and play. And he would show me this and we would go through and play stuff together, play Elvin. He, I'm going to put on Master Blakey now and he would put on Art Blakey, Master Master Max Roach, you know, Master Tony, you know, I'm going to put on Master Buddy. And, you know, the, the least of them, the, the most challenging for, for him, I think, was was Tony. So I, I went to Master Tony on, on, on my own because I'm a Tony fan. I just love Tony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great because, you know, we really got to hone in on what these innovators were, were really doing, you know. And I got to see an older statesman drummer go through those things and I got to see him play and, and we would go through sounds. We would practice um, tuning drums. You know, we would work on putting different things in the bass drum. You know, we would put rice bags in the bass drum, paper in the bass drum, different things in the bass drum, nothing in the bass drum. We would tune it and see what would happen with these different sounds. And even with my little funky kit that I had at that point, you know, I was able to distinguish, well, it's going to do this to the kit. It's going to do that, you know, or, or whatever. So, you know, we, we went through a lot of stuff and, 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 when I moved to um, uh, New York, um, I was really befriended um, 
by Art Blakey, um, by by several masters. I I have to say I'm 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 blessed to 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 have had that. But Art Blakey really really took me under his wing. I babysat for his kids, so I was at his house like every day. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. What, but what what a soul he was, right? What a great guy. Oh man, he was so warm and so welcoming and so loving to all the young cats, you know, and he taught me so much. And, you know, we never sat down at the drum set and had a lesson, never once, but he would tell me different things about shading the cymbal. You know, he would tell me things about playing the snare drum, about, he would tell me stories about all the cats on the scene, you know, and, and one day, um, I was watching the kids, his wife was in the kitchen uh, making some dinner or something, and he was preparing to go on tour. And he said, Cindy, come here, come in here. I'm like, oh, did I do something wrong? I'm sorry, daddy. Did I do something? So I, came, I went into his room and he never told me to come into his room before. He said, sit down. And he told me to sit down on a chair. And he said, watch me. And so he had me sit down and watch him pack <laughs> for the tour, you know? So that was a lesson in what to take and what not to take, you know? So I learned so much from, from him and, you know, Billy Higgins and, and Lewis Hayes and, you know, um, uh, Philly and, and Roy. I mean, just hanging out with these people, asking them questions, yeah. you know, Tony, Elvin, you know, Jimmy Cobb, um, oh. Al Foster, Billy Hart. It was just, um, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that I came to, to New York at that time because all these cats were just in their prime and playing and alive and well and, you know, just on the scene and sharing and it was so amazing yeah it really is a time when you think about it and i i, I live on long island so i'm just i was just a short drive out of new york city and i'm around that time it was amazing the amount of clubs we could go to here and the amount of artists you can go here you know art play and then you know walk down the street and go hear elvin play it was just an incredible time at that time so you really were placed in the course of this universe at the right places at the right time to a certain degree, fate took a handle in this here. But you did something which I think is so important in the message of this interview. You totally took the opportunity and you seized the moment. You squeezed out of it what you could, Cindy. You just, you pulled from these people. You hung with them. Listen, sitting down with art, as I did many times, it was philosophy at a deep level just you know, sitting at a table in during a break from from the gig, and all the musicians that Art had in his band were all some of the great. They've gone on to become some of the greatest musicians in the world. Mm -hmm. they knew how to bring people in. I got to tell you something. That's a quality that you have. You have a way of bringing people together to surround yourself with positive, like-minded tribe. That no matter what project you're working on, and even this album that you have out right now, give the drummer some. This is this is a collection of. You did it again. You do this all the time. You bring these people together. You produce great music and you steal. And I use that word carefully. You steal the influence from these great people. The names that you're mentioning, all these names that you're mentioning. I want the listener to stop, pause, rewind and write these names down and do the homework, which you did, which is why you play the way you play. Yeah, man, it's it's great, and there's some more names we can add to that because also on the scene when I got uh, when I got to New York, there was the the the, the incredible and the great Papa Joe Jones. You know, yeah. um, I got to meet Kenny Clark. Oh. Know, it was amazing. He was on the scene. You know, at points I, I was I was at Sweet Basil's and I sat in with somebody I don't remember who, and he was in the audience. Yeah. You know? So I got to talk to him and meet him. You know, 
Um, we got to look at all these drummers and we have to understand that the seat that we occupy is not, it's not called a drum throne for nothing. Yeah. It's such an important seat. And, and not only, and I, and I mentioned, you know, talking about the rhythm of the universe. So there's that, which is humongous. Yeah. And, and when, but when you look at what we're doing, making music, we see that every time there's a major change in, in the music, there's a major change and in innovation in the rhythm, mm. you know? So this scene, you know, we, we can't take it lightly. It, and, you know, if you just want to be in it for fun, okay, that's cool. But if you really want to get on a path and really, really study and push the envelope and really, really understand the importance and, and, and get on the, the, the trail of, what the innovators left for us yeah. gave us, you know, with their sweat, with their soul, you know, with their whole uh, being, with their intellect, with their heart, then you're going to want to do some study about the lineage of, of, of this instrument, you know, because the lineage is really, really beautiful. I love the lineage of the, of the drum set, you know, the, just the way that it evolved, the way that it has evolved in the music, you know, and we have, you know, you know, of course, there's the great Chick Webb, there's Sonny Payne, there's Sid Catlett, all these other drummers who were just incredible. Um, but we have certainly Art Blakey to thank for really pushing the envelope of, of the integration of the drums in the music, you know, um, and really bringing the, the, the drum kit to the, the forefront in terms of it not being just, you know, five musicians and a drummer anymore, you know, or, or 12 musicians and a drummer anymore. You're talking about, you know, a person who is, who has pushed the envelope, you know, who has innovated, who has bred the, 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 the path for us to communicate on a very high level with the other musicians in, in the band. And that takes the music to a whole nother realm and, and it gives it a whole nother sound, feel, uh, integrity, um, and motion, you know? But that's why I say what you do so well is each time you perform, you surround yourself with the moment. You surround yourself with only being in that moment to take ownership of it, to give over 100% of yourself in every performance and also in every conversation as we're witnessing right now. You always have done that, but you also, your your gear, the way you tune your drums and the specific sizes that you use and your colors of your cymbals, even the, the sticks that you have, everything has purpose to it. And that takes time and development, which again, you have learned from these masters, but now you have completely, clearly, Cindy, you've raised the bar and you're still raising it. The bar, the bar is high when it comes to the standard that you have put together. So tell me about this stick that you have now, this magic wand. You you designed something that's a little different feel in what it is. And it's like typical Cindy. You, 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 you take this to a whole nother area that no one even thought of before. And then you have the courage to go there and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, man. You know, I, I, I love um, all the innovators because, you know, to me, that's what they did, you know? So if I can humbly follow that path um, in any kind of fraction of any kind of energy, then then I, I, I feel good. These sticks, um, I'm calling them the magic wands because um, 
you know, there's so much that you can create and do, you know, with a drumstick. And, and I want people to understand that there is magic in the music. There is magic in the playing, you know, and, and that's what these do. These create magic. And that's what we're doing every time we get on the drum set. You know, we are creating magic. Every note, every space, you know, it's magical. Um, and so I, I, I want to get that ingrained in people's heads. And that's why they're called magic wands. <laughs> but this stick is kind of like a, it's, it's in between a 5A and a 5B. Uh, so it's, it's actually very comfortable. As you can see, there's the taper um, is uh, a meaty taper. So you, you have um, a sound and a feel that is not flimsy. You know, it's solid. It's a solid feel and a solid sound on the drums and on the on the cymbals. Um, it's uh, got a generous um, uh, bead, as you can see. I, yeah. I put there, maybe you can see the bead a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so for articulation, it's great. The balance is very even and wonderful. You know, it's not too weighty in the back. It's not too weighty in the front. So, you know, this stick also, you, you have to... Um, you have to work, you know, yeah. you have to lift it. You have to be uh, proactive in your, in your playing. You know, it's not a stick that is so heavy that when you drop it, it's going to do the work for you. You know, you got to drop it. You got to do the work, you know? And I like that because every time I, I play, um, every time I make a stroke, it makes me better, you know, because I actually have to do the work, yeah. you know, and I love that. So these magic wands are really um, to me, they're great. And they're made of hickory, which is very solid. And, um, you know, hickory has a wonderful sound, but they're also uh, very durable. So they last. Um, it took me, it took me a little bit to, to, I haven't even broken one of these yet. Um, but I have chipped away the, the bead. Um, but it took quite a bit of, of hard playing. You know, I haven't played these on a gig yet only because of you know, the social situation, you know, we're not gigging right now, you know, but you see my drum kit is right here behind me. So I hit this thing, you know, and uh, <laughs> thus I have my magic wands to do it. With. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, I can't wait to get a pair. And what's interesting is you found the right sorcerer of Alan Vader, who has that kind of a mind to put together this magic wand. He is a brilliant mind in the drumstick manufacturing business. He really... He gets it. He and his family have been doing this for years. He was at the start of the of, of the high quality of sticks being produced many, many years ago. So I'm really excited to see this here. You've got this is a, a fantastic combination of yourself with the Vader family. This is really, really great. Thank you. I'm, I'm I couldn't be happier. I'm I'm really really excited and so happy to be in this family because you know first of all they have not lost the family feel. You mm. know, so it's very comfortable. Um, you know, you, you, you feel like you're, you're talking to a, a long time buddy when you're talking to the yeah. cats who, who work there, you know, so it's, it's really wonderful in that respect and they care about what they're doing and they're very proactive. You know, if you, uh, have an idea and you say it to them, they are on it like that, yeah. you know, COVID or not, they're on it. So <laughs> you know, I really appreciate that. They, they are very serious about what they do. Um, and they're excellent at what they do. They have a great uh, um, uh, quality instrument that, that they produce. And I call this an instrument because it is an instrument. Yeah. Um, 
and I couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm really excited about joining Vader. <laughs> you know, Alan always says he, he's, he's so into it and he puts his heart and soul and passion into every design. So I'm excited to see the stick because just what you're talking about it, it's going to be a great, great feel. What do you do to maintain your level of physical and spiritual energy on the kid? Is there a practicing routine? Is there a is there a yoga routine? Routine? What? what how are you keeping this all together? Because you're in great shape, and just having heard you play just recently at the Drumio Festival, oh my God, you played all the freaking charts, Cindy. It was just so. <laughs> how do you maintain this? It was fun, and again, it was great to see you because you, you know, you you say I have that that kid like thing, and you have that too. Because every time I see you, it's like, oh, Dom is here. This is gonna be fun. all right. You know, you have that. So I, I, I thank you for that. And I, I love that energy and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I do have things that I do, you know, physically. Um, before I even get to the drums, you know, I I do yoga sometimes. Absolutely. I jump rope a lot. I travel with my jump rope because that's an easy thing that I can do in my hotel. You know, right. it's lightweight, doesn't, you know, uh, put me any any extraneous pounds on my luggage. You know, I travel with exercise bands. And so I use these as well at home. I have exercise bands. I have my jump rope. Um, I jog and I do certain routines when I'm, when I'm jogging. Um, I take uh, jujitsu. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, I've taken some other martial arts before I've taken uh, uh, karate and I, and I've taken uh, Taekwondo. Um, and so jujitsu is, is something new for me. Um, but it's really incredible because it it calls on other um, muscles that that I would not normally use when I'm playing the drums. But it's also about um, leverage, leveraging your body. Yeah. And you know, if you're not like you know a, a, a two or three hundred pound big you know uh, muscle bound person. <laughs> <laughs> I got some muscles, but you know I don't weigh like 500 pounds. You know, so there's there are things that that I do in terms of my body, and and it and it and it has to do with with leverage as well. I learned that too in in high school because I was a javelin thrower. Nice. Uh, and uh, I play I played basketball. You know, so I've always been into sports. You know, my whole life. Um, my brother uh, wanted a younger brother, and I was born and he was disappointed, I think, because he had a, a little sister instead of a little brother. <laughs> what he did was teach me every sport that he loved. You know, he would make me do every sport. And so <laughs> I fell in love with, with, with certain sports, you know, basketball is one. I fell in love with basketball. So I've been playing basketball, you know, all my life and um, uh, some other sports too. Uh, but I've, I've had that in me, you know, that, that drive. So I, I followed through with that in high school. I, I, I played uh, uh, basketball. I was on the track team. Um, and I actually held records in the javelin. And I, when I graduated high school, I was 89 pounds. And I laugh at myself all the time. I mean, I was skinnier than the stick. The <laughs> big afro. I looked really, you know, and <laughs> I laugh when I see pictures of myself. It's hilarious. Um, but, you know, the reason that I, I, I held records was not because I was a big mammoth girl, because there were some women and some girls on those other teams that we were, you know, competing against who were humongous. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> one of their 
one of their legs was two of my thighs. And I'm just talking about their calf was like two of my thighs. I mean, they were huge. But what I used was leverage, you know, and momentum. So that's how I was able to, to throw the javelin. And, and so that translated into uh, uh, drumming in terms of how I um, uh, wield the sticks. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to learn about technique, but, you know, uh, the physicality of things, of course, you know, and continuing with that. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I do yoga as well. I do breathing exercises too. You know, that's, that's a big thing. Breath right. is huge. Um, and then spiritually, there's a lot of stuff that I do. You know, I've always been into to meditation and um, within the past uh, few years, I've been into focused meditation. So focusing on certain uh, symbols um, which are very balancing for for the noggin, the brain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I do that. You know, um, I read a lot, um, and I read a lot of books. Um, but I also love to keep my ear in tune. So I also, you know, I'll read a book, and if if that book is out on audio version, yeah. the audio version, and I listen too. Because I notice that I pick up different things when I read and sometimes different things when I'm listening. Yeah. So it keeps my ear in tune, not just to music, um, but to listening to things, listening to whatever uh, impetus is coming in, you know. So I, I, I'm not closed. I don't only listen to music. I listen to, to audio books as well. And then there's the music, you know, there's the study of the music. And I study the music, I listen to the music. Um, I was studying some something before we got on today. You know, I did a few exercises. I got my, my mats. So I was doing my jujitsu rolls and stuff. And, and, and then I was listening to some things, you know, so that's part of my, my daily, uh, my daily routine. Well, this is a great routine because, you know, listening to audiobooks the way they are, and just, I can just see how you're, how you listen when you're hearing musically. Listening to how someone speaks on the audio version, you can hear the the, the intonation, you hear the articulation, you can hear how that phrase is now expressed differently than how you may have read it. So that really opens you up. You are a great listener at what you do. But I must tell you, you do that all the time, whether you're speaking or whether you're listening or whether you're in a band, you have that skill of being able to be, again, in that moment to take in the most that's being offered. This is this is this is why I say people should study you, Cindy, because it it really is you. You really have that way of you always allow that moment to reap the most you can. You know, it's interesting. I had the chance of hearing Count Basie many years ago live many times, and I, I heard him with Papa Joe Jones, and I heard him with Sonny Payne, and we were at a concert. It was really great. We had a concert one day, and I'm sitting in the front row, and we had a chance to talk to Count Basie beforehand. The band is performing, and during the end of the first set, he kind of looked down at me, and then he grabbed the microphone and he said, give the drummer some. <laughs> and that was when they featured Sonny Payne at what he was doing. And that phrase always has been with me, because I said, give the drummer some, was like, let's, now that we've, now that everybody had their voice and what they do, when all the horn players solo, we all, now let's give this drummer some. So just tell me about this recording that you've done that is entitled, <laughs> give the drummer some. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to, um, be all encompassing with, with different, uh, genres of music, you know, different styles, um, and to really 
introduce to, you know, the, unfortunately, creative music is not pushed as much as it should be. Right. You know, it's not pushed as much as pop and rock and those kinds of, of, of musics, you know, which are all wonderful musics. But to me, uh, the greatest thing that you can do is to play creative music. It's, it's you know, it's really like praying as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, uh, the communion with other people, the communion with spirit that you have when, when you're playing uh, such a, a controlled freedom is really amazing, yeah. you know? And so I wanted to, to um, uh, express my like in a lot of different kinds of, and, and my love for a lot of different kinds of musics, but also uh, in doing that, in in offering some things that are just, you know, purely fun and kind of pop and just dancey things, you know, to bring in the people who like that stuff and introduce them to other kinds of musics that, you know, are on the creative spectrum. Uh, because I think the music deserves to be um, uh, more widely appreciated, more widely played, and it, and it deserves to be on, on big stages with big, huge audiences yeah. because, you know, there's an effect that happens every time you're playing. You know, when, when, when you're offering a music to somebody, like I said, to me, it's like prayer and you're channeling energy. So when, when you're able to channel creative music and if you're doing it um, from a loving heart perspective, you know, and in order to help people feel their own hearts, which helps people heal, here helps people heal here it helps people here physically heal physically um when you're doing that to me that's like <laughs> one of the highest offerings that you can give you know so i have a, a goal in mind which is to bring uh creative music to many more people you know and it doesn't negate the beautiful uh, small venues, because I love those intimate spaces. It doesn't negate that at all. Yeah. It's just that I want to bring uh, the music to a, a, a much wider uh, audience, you know, so more people appreciate um, this that I love, that you love, you know, that our Blakey loved, that Wayne Shorter loves, that Herbie loves, that Miles loved, that Tony loved, that all these incredible people love, that Bird loved, that Coltrane loved, yeah. you know. Um, and there's a reason that they love this music. There's a reason that they played with the integrity that they played with, you know, and if, if we can pass that on to people, you know, and help people raise their consciousness, not that they have to play that because it's not for everybody to play. Everybody's not going to be a musician, you know, yeah. and that's okay. But we also need uh, listeners to appreciate what we're doing. We need listeners to play to. We need people to channel the music and the energy too. And so, you know, that's one of my goals with, with this record. Um, Give the Drummer Some is actually, uh, I, I, I love the title because I love celebrating drummers. You know, <laughs> I actually didn't come up with that title. Carlos did. Um, <laughs> the Drummer Some. And I'm thinking of all these introspective titles, you know, and he was like, how about give the Drummer Some? Because that's what you're doing. You know, you got all these different genres that you're playing and you know you're 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 you know celebrating all these different things and i was like oh okay that's a good idea why not <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is beautiful well you have again surrounded yourself with incredible musicians and because of that high level of musicians 
now you've brought even higher levels of creativity, which is exactly what you're sharing. Listen, you're healing more people than you realize. It should be Dr. Cindy Blackman, you know, I mean, we should be at that level already, okay? Because you are a healer and yourself and Carlos too, the, the both of you as an incredible combination of, of human power that is really reaching in and lifting the spirit of people. And you are helping to evolve humanity to a much higher level. And everyone knows we need that help now more than ever before in this world. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, my friend. We really do because, you know, things have, have really gotten to a point, a, a boiling point once again. You know, we've been at boiling points before, but we've never been at a boiling point, you know, in so many areas that have affected the entire globe, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we need um, people to go inside and look at themselves and say, you know, what can I do to make this world better? What can I do to be a better person? What can I do to emit better energy to everyone who I come in contact with? You know, what can I do to help raise the, the vibrational level of each and every human being on this planet? What, 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 what can I do? And that's, that's what I do anyway. You know, I look at myself, you know, I don't point fingers or blame anybody. I look at Cindy and I say, what can Cindy do to be a better person? What can Cindy do to um, make somebody smile? What can Cindy do to help? You know, what can Cindy do to, to raise her own vibration so that other people will feel that and hopefully will have a raise in their vibrational uh, 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 energy, you know, and if we all start with ourselves, then we'll be able to affect the next person and the next person will be able to affect the next person and the next person and the next person and so on and so forth, you know, and it will spread, you know, uh, they say that COVID spread around the world. Well, guess what? I believe that loving vibrations spreads faster than anything, you know, so we're able to um, uh, affect everybody by what we're thinking, what we're doing. You know, we have to remember that this world was created with thought and it was the Supreme One's thought, but it was a thought first because initially before, whether there was a big bang or whether there was a whatever you want to call it, you know, creation was all one before there was any kind of separation. You know, whatever you want to call it, there was no separation at first. And there was only separation because it was in the Supreme One's thought to have us go out and and become um, individual creators, and I say that because you know we're we're all made from from spirit. We're all made of the same uh, stardust, the same components as the creator, because that's where we come from. It's yeah. like you know you're made of of the DNA of your parents because that's where you come from. Well, as a as a species, we're made of the DNA of the creator because that's where we come from. Yeah. So we have to remember that the reason that we want to create is because we come from the supreme creator. So <laughs> about creating things that are helpful, that are great, and instead of creating things that are are negative and ugly, you know. So you know, I I I want to support um, the human growth cycle. You know, I want to support the expansion of, of the human brain. I want to expo uh, support the, the uh, raising of the vibration of the human heart. You know, um, these are some of the things that I think about on a daily, you know. 
um, and that's what I, I, I give myself to do, whether I'm sitting, you know, talking to, to you, which I am honored to do every time, uh, sharing things with, with people, which I'm also honored to do, playing my drums, which I'm also very honored to do, um, or just walking around appreciating nature. You know, I want to feel that oneness and I want to share that oneness so we all understand, you know, we, we are one race, the human race, you know, with race variants. If we strip off my skin, if we strip off your skin, we're the same uh, makeup. The only difference is that your gender is, is different from my gender, but we are the same makeup, you know, when you strip everything off. You know, so our coverings and our our uh, what we're wrapped in is is cool. You know, and that's for variety. You know, you might see a, a one flower that is red, one one that's white. You know, one that's uh, violet, one that's another color, and that's okay. They're all flowers. You know, and that's the way I look at the human race. So once we understand that, once we understand that we are one unit, one whole. You know, with with variants. You know. Um, I think it will help us to to stop all this negativity that's happening. You know, when you realize that when you hurt another individual, you're hurting yourself. When you help another individual, you're helping yourself. Why? Because we're all one in the spectrum of the spirit. Um, and if I can help deliver that message to one person, then I'm going to be happy. And if I can deliver it to many more, I'm going to be ecstatically happy. well i want someone to transcribe your closing thoughts on what you just said because that's got to go somewhere in your book because it just kind of empowered me to realize that what you've talked about is three h's here in this interview honor humility and being hungry Mm. you really embody that the Mm. honor that you have as just the sincerity in how you approach life and and your music and creativity is at a high level your humility is is to be inspired by that you are humble enough as you say to look in that mirror the man in the mirror as michael jackson and seattle so perfectly put together to fine-tune the man in the mirror first before we go out and try to judge anyone else and the hunger that you have to want to be a better person, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and intellectually, to want to be a better person just for your instrument and your music, to be a better musician, and just to be a better, you know, you know, energy that is totally lifting everyone that comes into your presence. And because of that, I thank you so much. Oh, man, I thank you. And you, you exemplify that. So I always appreciate your energy. I appreciate hanging with you. So glad that that we're able to to be together today on this on this beautiful uh, moment in this beautiful event, um, and and that's what it is. So I, you know, I, I'm really happy that we're able to say that, and that that you're able to hear that and to express that because you know people will uh, understand that this is important. You know, it's life. It's what it's what we need to do. It's what we're here to do. You know. It really is. Well, I'd say something, Cindy. We could talk forever. I know you've got to go, and I thank you so much for your time and your effort. I welcome you to the Vader Percussion family. It is so great that we have you now involved to be able to go out there and spread the word of Alan's message of what he's doing. And as you put your DNA on every pair of sticks after you perform, I want a pair of those sticks so I can start to seal some of my Dr. Cindy DNA from you. So. <laughs> 
Magic wands are here. <laughs> the magic wand. Check it out. It'll be in all the stores. Sydney, thank you so much. You are absolutely beautiful. Send my best to Carlos for sure. And I hope to see you real soon. Stay well, my dear. Looking forward to it. Hope to see you soon. And thank you, Vader. Thanks for inviting me to the family. I'm really happy to be here. You guys are awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out to all my family. Hi, guys. Hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, little Mia. She's watching too. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. This is incredible. You know, it, it's it's so amazing to have the opportunity of someone like Cindy Blackman Santana to give that kind of view. I want you all to go back there and listen to the names that she spoke about. Take that all in. Do the research. Go there and Google and the internet and research those names and get to know them and steal some of the knowledge that Cindy was able to take in. This is so important to develop your own style, your own sound. Check out Cindy Sticks, The Magic Wand. It'll be coming soon. This is so fantastic to see her design and her thought process behind a product and a tool that's going to allow us all to be able to play better and challenge us behind the drum set. And I thank you all very much. It's so great. I thank the Vader family for allowing me to be a part of this and to be a part of this. There's going to be some more of these interviews and these gatherings together. So keep your ear to the ground. We're going to be announcing when we're going to be doing this here more. I want to do more of this with many more Vader artists and industry people. We're going to make this happen for sure. What I want to close with, I want you to watch a little, a little one-minute clip of a tour of the Vader factory because what they have done is so magical and all these great people like Alan Vader, his great team there, Chad Brandolini, who is the artist relations person who just brings all the artists together is so fantastic. These are great people, they make a great product and they do this all for you to reach your greatness. Thanks so much, check this out, bye-bye. <laughs>